Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard of Nostalgia Places REM Cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon Darkwing Duck. More accurately today, the 2003 exploits of the Masked Mallard as Ange once again tells me a story. A story presumably about Darkwing Duck and also concerning Quacker Jack. Uh, so today we get goofy with Dynamite Comics' second issue. There is a lot of quacking. Well, a lot of rubber ducks in this particular issue. So. Aha! So the cover did not lie. It didn't lie. There was a few covers I noticed that had rubber duckies, so I was waiting for it to happen, and it did happen. So. Huzzah! Look at that. Yeah, so this is issue two, as you said, and also... Like you said, Quackerjack is the main villain. So I'll say right off the bat, because this is a, what's the word? Is it audio medium? Yes. Yes. It's a podcast. So I have to describe. Sometimes it's an audio large as well. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) Large, medium, or small. At the end of the day, I have to describe the pictures to you. So you must describe them all <laughs> in great detail. So I, I'll say because I, I mentioned the artwork in the last one and my big question was how the artwork would look going forward because in the first issue there were a lot of poses that were referenced heavily off model sheets for several different characters and I was wondering you know is this just the artist warming up and getting comfortable with the characters so this issue I think there's an improvement in the artwork there's still some referencing that I noticed particularly with Darkwing which is interesting because I noticed a lot of the other characters to me I think some of them might be referenced, but a lot of them aren't. I follow him on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, and he has his own style as well, I noticed. And every so often, it'll come through in the, well, what we've seen so far of issue one and issue two. But especially in this issue, there's a few different characters where it feels more like his own natural organic style. And I think it looks really great. So I do have a small selection of images for you, Kitty. And I think you will enjoy them. But uh, I guess we will jump into the actual story. So is Darkwing Duck, issue number two. The script is Amanda Dybert. Art and color is Carlo Loro. Jeff Eckleberry does the lettering. The main cover, which is, I feel like this is a little too vague because there's several covers, but it's Darkwing being buried under rubber duckies. And it's done by the same guy who did the one that looks like the uh, the Beast Kingdom action figure. David Nakayama oh. did that one. That's the main cover. Egg Boy. Egg Boy, yes. And Nate Cosby is the packager and editor. And I don't think there's I don't think there's a name for this issue. Like the last one was called The Dark Flight Returns, but I don't think this one has any kind of title that I can see. So we get to make one up when we finish the story the dark flight returns <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs> just part right. two <laughs> once more <laughs> once more once more with feeling once more with feeling so we open up with a grand opening of a new toy store called the qb toy store and i'm gonna assume qb stands for quackerjack and mr banana brain oh okay 
Because I don't, because it's not QJ. Backer Brothers. Yeah, like it's not, like obviously it's it's hinted that this is going to be Quacker Jack related. And so I expect a Q in the name of the toy store. So QB, it's anybody's guess, but he's obviously uh, trying to be a there, little sneaky. There was um, an American toy chain called KB Toys. Oh. Probably a, a play on that. I don't know what the K and B stand for in KB Toys. Kill. Kill bananas. Kill bananas. <laughs> oh, I should have known. So, real quick, KB is Kaufman Brothers. Oh. oh. Maybe it is Quacker Brothers. To do with, maybe it has nothing to do with bananas at all in the real world. Anyway, we learned something, <laughs> which is why everyone listens to this podcast. To learn all kinds of important well, facts. <laughs> the most important facts so qb toys so goslin's super excited and she's there with drake and launchpad and she says finally you take me to a high quality store and drake says well after megavolt i thought you could use some normal kid stuff which fair i think that's a fair thing to say instead of a phone instead of a phone so goslin pushes the door open with a quoosh and i want to add that the sound effects in this one are just as silly as the last and I, I like them. I think they're delightful. Think they're so you're going to hear some sound effect noises from me. So Excellent. Goslin says, you don't have to tell me twice. Let's go. Oh, and also there's a bunch of background characters. And one of them is a duck with a pirate hat who also appeared in issue one. And it actually apparently is a cameo of one of the podcasters for the duck tucks podcast one of the one of the hosts is named pirate steve and his Mm. i don't know if you call it self-insert is this duck with a pirate hat and it's him apparently i thought that was pretty neat steve congratulations on your beautiful appearance Mr. Steve, pirate. <laughs> Yar. Yo ho ho. So Goslin is in the store and she's looking up at this big display with some dolls. And she says, oh my goodness, it's Quackalina. And Launchpad says, I didn't know you were into princesses, Goz. And she says, she, she picks up the doll and she hugs it. And she says, Quackalina isn't just any princess. She saved every duck in her entire pond. Plus... She had an overprotective father who didn't trust her to save the day until she snuck away to prove herself. I find her deeply relatable. And Drake in the background is just like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I have to imagine that this princess also like had a sword or a bazooka or something. I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like a few people were discussing what it might be a parody of and someone thought maybe Elena of Avalon, which is a Disney princess from one of the TV shows. I feel like that's a de- like the description of, you know, an adventurous princess with an overbearing father could be several different Disney princess characters. Yes, if if the Disney princess still has parents, she's at odds with at least one of them. Otherwise, she's orphaned. That's <laughs> the law of Disney. It is. <laughs> Michael Mouse only allows for one parent, and if you have two, you have problems with one of them. This is the law. And no no toilets. No toilets as well. So Drake sees another display and he says, now that is the most gorgeous toy display I have ever seen. And it's a Darkwing Duck toy display with some, I, I don't know if they're action figures or dolls, whatever the case. But there's is a big... this the clearance section? Uh, it doesn't say. I'm, I'm out. 
right. <laughs> End of podcast. You just you're not having it. You're like, no, it has to be the clearance section. <laughs> who who would make Darkwing Duck action figures? It's, we it's gonna be Quacker Jack. He just says, I'm a big idiot when you pull the string on his back. I mean, not exactly, but... Oh, okay, all right. You tell me the story. <laughs> You're trying to tell the story. <laughs> You're trying so hard. I am, I am. But yes, there are Darkwing dolls that talk, and they're all saying, let's get dangerous, and Drake is gazing on at them, and he thinks they're all beautiful. And there's a little cardboard display the kind you see that are sometimes with toys that has like a press me button on it. And so Goslin presses it and says, what does this button do? And Drake, meanwhile, is saying, I feel like I should be getting a cut of this, which is fair mm -hmm. because it is technically mm -hmm. him. It's his image. So Drake picks up one of the dolls and he's looking at it and he says, they don't quite capture my handsomeness, though. And he's holding it. And the little doll says, let's get playtime. And Drake says, playtime? That's not how my catchphrase goes. And then someone off screen says, it's how mine goes. And now he's surrounded by a hundred tiny little Darkwing dolls. And they're all saying, it's playtime. Not quite, I'm an idiot, but. Well, if Quacker Jack is taking notes, I have a couple. <laughs> so many things he could say. Okay, so he has made an army of Darkwing toys in the off chance that Darkwing walks into this particular toy store. To be fair, it worked. It did. <laughs> I, I am not I am not being critical. I am fully following along. Quackerjack has appeared and he's holding Mr. Banana Brain in his hands and he says, Alas, poor Mr. Banana Brain, Saint Canard has toyed with us in the past, but now that I've tinkered with all these toys, they'll know us well. And Drake is standing off to the side and he says, Quackerjack, I should have known. And then a giant toy bear has grabbed goslin and you know it's growling and making noises <laughs> and goslin says this is both super scary and very cozy mm -hmm. so, actually now I look at it it's kind of like a demented winnie the pooh bear uh oh has he got his crop top on or no crop top he's got his crop top on mm. and it's red okay oh it's like the horror movie that they just released <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think he has his little crop top on because that's uh, the Disney trademark version. Oh, okay. So Drake is looking around and he says, where's a phone booth when you need one? And someone, I assume Goslin, says, a what? I was about to say, she, she'd be like, what's a phone booth? Yeah, and Drake says, oh, forget it. And I was thinking, this made me start thinking about it because I went downtown recently and it did occur to me there's no more phone booths anywhere. As, that's just kind of wild to me. I live in a major city, too, so you'd think they'd have phone booths somewhere for emergencies, but we don't. They're, they're uh, a single phone booth. They're extinct. They've gone extinct. So you know what, Goslin? That's fair. That is a fair statement to make. Goslin will never know the joys of calling your parents 1-800-COLLECT. You'd be like, please say your name. You're like, Mom, I'm ready to be picked up from school. Pick me up. <laughs> So that when your mom is like, you have a call waiting from mom, I'm ready to pick you up from school. <laughs> Will you accept the charges? No. Oh, that is too real. Too real. <laughs> yeah. For for those of you, uh, I don't know what age and under, but yes, accurate. <laughs> so Drake's looking around. He says, well, no one's going to understand the reference. And then he sees a, uh, a photo booth instead and he says well uh -oh. that'll work 
he jumps into the photo booth and we see a bunch of flashing and he says, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the pizza toppings that stick to the lid of the delivery box of evil. I am the bad photo someone else tags you in on social media. I am Darkwing Duck. And then he's holding the little printed out strip of photos that were taken while he was changing, which is like his foot, a corner of Mm -hmm. his head, his cape. And he says, I look fantastic. (laughs) But also bad photo that someone tags you on in social media is also very relatable. So it it truly is. I remember. uh, So this was many years ago. And you only may vaguely remember this kitty. But when I was at uh, Otakon with you and your friends, I had taken a bunch of photos when you all went out to do some cosplaying stuff. And we got back to the hotel and I tagged your friend in the photos on Facebook, but I didn't realize she had notifications turned on. And I remember we were sitting in the hotel room and I had tagged her like in a whole bunch of them and her phone just went off 20 times. And I felt so bad because I didn't realize that... <laughs> She had said it that way, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My phone's vibrating off the table. Yeah, I I guess some people just have their settings like that because they expect maybe now and again they'll get tagged in a photo, but I guess she wasn't expecting, you know, a whole bunch of photos at once, and I didn't, because I don't have mine set like that, so I didn't realize that. So after that, I thought twice about tagging anybody in photos and i i generally don't do it <laughs> i i just prefer not to be observed yes exactly do not witness me invisible and if you do don't bring it to my attention please. <laughs> if you can't see it it's never happened it's not real exactly so darkwing has now taken back to the toy store floor where it is now covered in rubber duckies And they're all quacking, whack, 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 really furiously at him. They have menacing, glowing red eyes. And also the little tiny Darkwing dolls are chasing after him still. And Darkwing says, rubber ducks, that is so offensive. And then they surround him and start whacking, whack, whack, whack. And he's really grossed out. And he says, bleh. AK, like Donald Duck quacking at him? Yeah, I guess that's the Donald Duck noise, the whack. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah guess this is like soap suds because he's wading through something that looks like soapy suds i see some bubbles and he's very grossed out by that which darkwing don't you take baths do you clean yourself to be fair not in the middle of a toy store true true so he uses a grappling hook fwung and he starts chasing after goslin who is still being carried away by the not winnie the pooh bear and says, time for this teddy to get stuffed. And Goslin says, I think I'm officially too old for stuffed animals. And <laughs> Darkwing just headbutts the bear and his head goes through it. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know why that, it's just, it looks so hilariously like violent, but not because it's a toy, <laughs> but literally he just headbutts right through its chest. And stuffing comes flying out of it. Oh, so he, it's a, like a successful attack. A successful attack. And oh, I was picturing like he was headbutting it and it just did one of those things where like his whole head just kind of sinks in and he's kind of like a little ostrich in the bear. But no, it's a, it's it's greatly effective. 
It is a little too effective because Goslin goes flying through the air with a floofy bloop. And oh. I should, I guess I should continue off on what Darkwing was saying because he said, time for this teddy to get stuffed. And then when he puts his head through it, he says, with justice. Whoa. And, and now the teddy bear is dead. It has little X's in its eyes and it's just laying there. And Darkwing is covered in its fluffy, beautiful, cuddly little innards. And he's stuffing them into his gas gun. And he says, pardon me, I need to borrow your innards. <laughs> so he sticks them in his gas gun and he fires it. Whoop. And Goslin is flying through the air and she lands on the ground. And the fluff that he shoots lands beneath her so that she has a soft landing. And she says, hey, this is pretty comfy. And he's still stuck, kind of like a chest burster coming out of this dead bear. And says, can someone give me a hand? And then Quackerjack just, you know, is still here. He exists. And he has <laughs> he has one of those, like, boxing gloves on a spring attached to his uh, chest. And it comes out and just punches Darkwing in the face. KOs him thoroughly. He did ask for it. Darkwing says, very funny. And Quackerjack says, Mr. Banana Brain thought so. Launchpad has finally appeared to help out. <laughs> I was just wondering if he was there. He is, but I feel like that's fair. I feel like Launchpad often is just kind of like he's there and doesn't seem to acknowledge that anything is happening for a little while. So He tried to eat all like the play food for the last 15 minutes and then finally realized that something was happening. He finally noticed. So him and Goslin are fighting off the rubber duckies and the little dark wings and some little toy soldiers. And... <laughs> And they pull Darkwing. Oh, yeah, because Darkwing is still trapped in the chest of this bear. He's, it's like his bottom half is stuck in it, so he can't run or move. So uh, Launchpad yanks him out. And there's all these still little, all these angry little rubber duckies everywhere that are whack-whacking. And they're bouncing off Goslin's head. So Darkwing grabs a tennis racket <laughs> and starts whacking them away. And he says, offensive and annoying. Goslin, I want you to go home until this is all over. And Goslin, as usual, says, but dad, I can help. In front of the villains. In front of the villains. Which, you know what? She's done that before, so also no checks one, out. No one pays attention. They're, this is like the villain's version of the launch pad. Can <laughs> it's I true. leave the oven on? <laughs> to disassociate. They just think it's normal for little kids to call Darkwing dad. They're like, oh, I guess that's normal. It's what kids do. <laughs> So there's this little doll, this toy doll that's running towards Goslin. It doesn't look like the princess from earlier. It looks like a different doll. So this little doll is running towards Goslin. It says, hi, my name's Tilly. Want to play? And I have to wonder if that's a reference to Jennifer Tilly from Chucky. Oh, uh, yeah. Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany Valentine. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Darkwing grabs his tennis racket, which is now his weapon of choice, and he starts whacking the little doll, and he says, no butts! And then a toy dog starts whapping him in the face with its tail, and he says, especially not stuffed butts. <laughs> mean little dog. <laughs> ah, these are some good sound effects. He hits the dog with the tennis racket, and the sound effect is doggy bop! <laughs> <laughs> And Quackerjack is still here, and he's uh, having a good time watching all this. 
but when Darkwing hits the dog with the tennis racket, it goes flying towards Mr. Banana Brain in Quacker Jack's hands. And Quacker Jack says, Mr. Banana Brain, no, I'll save you. And also at the same time has Mr. Banana Brain ask for help, which is very on brand for Quacker Jack. So, <laughs> so Quacker Jack, I guess, throws himself in front of the dog and we get the sound effect, banana crash a nana. <laughs> He just kind of bodyguards his way between the dog and Mr. Banana Brain. Yes. Gotcha. Like a like a noble person would, I guess. So Darkwing spins around and looks at Goslin and he says, Go home. And Goslin, with big puppy dog eyes, says, sure, you betcha, which is definitely Goslin speak for absolutely not what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So she leaves. We see her walking out towards the exit. She says, have fun. Don't do anything too interesting without me. And Darkwing is still wielding his tennis racket like it's an axe and he's ready to kill. And he says, where the heck did Launchpad go? Gotta do everything myself. He tosses the tennis racket over his shoulder, and we see Goslin in the background has stopped at the exit door, and sneaky sneak is the sound effect as she sneaks off to the side and clearly does not leave. <laughs> and Quackerjack is buried face down in a pile of rubber duckies where he fell after he his daring rescue of Mr. Banana Brain. Heroic dive rescue. Yes, so... Darkwing says, okay, Quackerjack, it's just you and me. <laughs> and then a bunch of little toy, I don't know what's, start grabbing at his feet. And he says, okay, you and me and a few hundred toys, you've turned evil. <laughs> I like this part. Quackerjack's hand pops up out of the pile of ducks holding Mr. Banana Brain and says, and me. And Darkwing says, okay, it's just you and me, a few hundred toys, you've turned evil and Mr. Banana Brain. Oh, what am I doing? Let's get on with this. <laughs> I thought that was cute. That is cute. So Quackerjack is, uh, he's ready to rumble now. He's fished himself out and he says, with pleasure, playtime's over. And Darkwing says, I have a question about that. How is your catchphrase both it's playtime and playtime's over? Seems like a contradiction. And Quackerjack picks up one of the little rubber duckies and he says, I'll show you. He squeaks it and he says, Mr. Banana Brain. And he puts... The rubber ducky in Mr. Banana Brain's little hands, and he says, It's playtime, Mr. Banana Brain voice. It's beautiful. And now that I've figured out how to multiply my toys, and then he brings a huge wave of rubber duckies and says, Playtime's over as the wave descends. And I have to ask you, did you ever have the rubber ducky races, or was that a Canadian thing? Oh, at, like, the state fairs and stuff, where you'd, like, put it down like a little douche? No, like, when you dump, like, thousands of rubber duckies in the canal and they race each other. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I mean, I feel like cities do. I know there's one city that has, like, a giant rubber duck. I feel like there are rubber duck races. I don't live um, in a particularly urban area, so. Fair. Fair. Yeah, we had, I don't know if they still do it. I feel like we haven't done it in a long time, possibly environmental concerns. But we used to have the rubber duck race where you would buy a duck. I think it was charity related. So you'd buy a duck and it had a number on the bottom of it. And 
they would dump like thousands of these little rubber ducks into the canal here in my city. And <laughs> I guess they just kind of quietly float down the canal really, really slowly until one of them reaches the finish line. And then whichever ducks cross the finish line first, uh, you won prizes. Mm. I never won anything, but... It was a scam. <laughs> I mean, I guess some people won. It was like the lottery, essentially. I mean, that many ducks... I mean, but you would have to train your duck for months beforehand and get it on a protein diet. It was, I'm sure... There was probably doping involved. It was got very <laughs> ugly. Well, I accept your version <laughs> of, of events. But yes, that's what this reminds me of. The big wave of little rubber duckies. Gotcha. And there's a Scrooge Makes McDuck. Sense. A little Scrooge <laughs> McDuck wearing like a hat among them. Rubber ducky. Actually, I think there might be a, f uh, a few different... Among the ducks hiding somewhere, I think there's a few different cameos. I think there might be Huey, Dewey, and Louie, but I don't know if... They were already there and I missed them or they're coming. But either way, the wave crashes down upon Darkwing and someone off screen says, don't worry, Darkwing, I've got this. And of course, it's Goslin who didn't listen. And she's on a surfboard, I guess like a kid's toy surfboard. And she's surfing through the rubber duckies. And she says, I am the surfer who glides in the night. And Darkwing says, Goslin, I told you to go home. And Goslin says, I am the eraser that smudges the homework of evil. But then she trips and she falls off the surfboard and goes flying into the ducks and says, I am, uh-oh, falls down into the ducks and drowns. Disappears into the ducky depths. Into the ducky depths. Darkwing climbs up onto, I don't know, like a display. The sound effect is quackersnatch. <laughs> and then he jumps off it with a quadoing. Does a full, like, fancy, what do you call it, when you dive headfirst in with your arms out in front of you? Swan dive. Yeah, I guess a swan dive. And he grabs her and he says, oh no, Goslin, speak to me, speak to me. And she says, hang ten, dude. That was an epic wipeout. Also, I should mention her eyes are blue, which a few people made that oh. observation. She normally has, like, hazel slash green eyes, mm -hmm. but they are blue, I think, throughout most all of this i don't know i honestly didn't notice it the entire time until a close-up panel where you can see more of her face and then for some reason i was like oh i see it now but apparently i'm not very observant so all right well we're docking 0.5 points it's like a secret law that in every comic in existence at least for the darkwing world there has to be at least one character whose eye color is wrong which is like interesting because so many of them don't have eye colors <laughs> it's true maybe that's why they get it wrong because they they assume that and then they don't have reference and they're like oh crap just pick a yeah, color it's like organa and goslin are green and then bushroot is um, blue i, I think I, I remember his eyes being blue but yeah, um, and that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> yeah. Because most of them don't have, you know, like the, the whole iris situation. Yeah, and uh, in the Boom comics, I remember very specifically that Bushroot's eyes were green. And mm -hmm. people brought that up a lot. And 
I don't know why I remember that detail specifically, but there we are. So it isn't just this comic. It apparently just happens throughout. And of course, we'll never forget Lime Green Quacker Jack. The one true form of Quacker Jack. The one true form. The It's the, the issue where Negaduck lives in a mirror, apparently. <laughs> Quacker Jack is just lime green. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> that was laundry day for the Fearsome Five. Yeah. So Darkwing and Goslin are just, they're still just sitting in this pile of rubber duckies. And I have to add that for every single panel so far, there's just been like all these little rubber duckies and they're all still making the whack, 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 whack noise. And I just find it funny. I think it's really... This, this poor artist had to draw so many rubber ducks. They, they really did, now that I look at it. Maybe that, yeah, that is... I don't know. I would personally, I would have copy pasted some of these ducks. They would have had to ink and color them all. Yeah. Gosh, that is a lot. Yeah, now I'm looking at it. That is a lot of ducks. I mean, they're obviously not all detailed because as you get further back, they're not going to have. It just becomes like a giant yellow amorphous blob. Yeah, they look like popcorn in the background. Ooh. So. Darkwing says, when this is over, remind me to find a time machine so I can ground you and then go back and re-ground you for at least a century. And Goslin says, oh, come on. I was just trying to help. And Darkwing says, I don't want help. And Goslin says, then why do you have Launchpad? And we look over and Launchpad has been tied. I assume the, the rubber duckies or one of the toys has tied him to a shelf. And he's been restrained. And he says, a little help, please. And Darkwing Mm -hmm. says, I ask myself that question often. (laughs) Oh, Drake. I have to say, I heard that in full Jim Cummings. Yes. Exasperated Drake Mallard voice. Like, it was just, I'm Mm -hmm. like, there it is. (laughs) Looking into the camera. That tired look. He continues and he says, Goslin, it's not that I don't think you can help. It's just that if anything happened to you, well, that's the one thing I couldn't handle, which I think, I feel like that's also a a time and punishment reference. I feel like he said something kind of similar. I think it's just kind of like a reoccurring theme. Yeah, and it it, it very much is the truth. If something happened to her, he would be, well, possibly Dark Warrior Duck in the future. So Mm -hmm. he whips out his gas gun with a grappling hook and fires it with a grapple poom. Oh, so the grappling hook hits launch pads restraints around his hands and releases him and he falls down into the ducks. And <laughs> Darkwing hands over Goslin to launch pad and says, I'll take care of Quackerjack. Call me when you get home. <laughs> and Goslin says, you know, it would be easier for me to call you if I had my own. And then Darkwing cuts her off and says, on the landline. <laughs> <laughs> The Mallard house is the only house on the block that still uses dial-up. Launchpad's holding her like Rafiki would hold Simba Mm -hmm. above, like, all these rubber duckies. And Goslin says, who even has a landline anymore? It's so embarrassing. Do you still have a landline, Kitty? I do not. Do you? No. And oddly enough, the reason that we canceled it wasn't so much that uh, we weren't using it. It's that we started getting a lot of robot calls on our landline like anytime we got called it was just spam calls it was like the equivalent to like spam emails except on our landline (laughs) nobody human ever called us because they called us on our cell phones so we 
eventually just stopped because we were paying they were charging us quite a bit for our landline so yeah just to speak just to speak to robots it yeah exactly the robot hotline so uh yeah we got rid of our landline years ago so i think that's a fair question Mm-hmm. But also, I think that checks out <laughs> completely. Yeah, it's probably like an old rotary phone, too. Darkwing is ready to rumble. He says, and now that Goslin is safe, let's get dangerous. I guess Quackerjack was just standing there the whole time, you know, listening to just them. really wondering if you left that oven on. You, you cut over to Quackerjack's hideout, and it's just like an easy-bake oven with the world's most burnt cookie inside. <laughs> I'd believe it. <laughs> so, Quackerjack and his pile of ducks, I once again must add that there's just still piles of rubber duckies in every single panel whacking away. Whack, 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 Are whack. they still, like, flowing like a river? Yes. Okay. It's, it's, it's a lot of little duckies. I, I have a few panels, I think, that probably have them in it, too. So you will, you will get to see them. So... We're nearing the climax of this story as they have a standoff in the pile of ducks. And Darkwing says, sure, now he's tandem juggling with a toy banana, and I thought my day couldn't get any weirder. And we see that Quacker Jack is indeed juggling with, I guess Mr. Banana Brain might also be juggling. Yeah, he is. So I think Mr. Banana Brain is in his hands juggling the ducks while also Quacker Jack is juggling the ducks. So He's it's a, very talented. He is. It's, it's a juggleception happening here. <laughs> and then Darkwing continues, but weird is just how I like it. And then he's running through the bath toys and he says, so many bath toys, so little water. And he kicks the front door open to the store and <laughs> all the rubber duckies, of which there appears to be like thousands of them now, all come flowing out onto the street and Quackerjack is dragged down with them. And which one of them has your number on the bottom hand? Are you going to win the race this year? I'm not holding out too much hope, but you know what? <laughs> you got to be optimistic. Okay. Mine's the little yellow one. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so much like my uh, aforementioned pouring ducks into a canal... There happens to be a pond right across the street from the toy store. So they flow out onto the street and start flowing directly into the pond. And Quacker Jack, I guess, starts drowning because he's caught up in all the little duckies. Well, Darkwing, I guess, jumped off to the side. So Quacker Jack says, help, Mr. Banana Brain can't swim. And Darkwing says, lucky for you, I have a new invention. And he pulls out this little square looking inflation thing and says it's part life preserver and part full body cuffs and he puts it around Quackerjack and it inflates and basically restrains him. So in the next panel Quackerjack is taken away he's being thrown into the back of like a police van which is like kind of like old school I guess you know how they always yeah. do that where they're going paddy into wagon. yeah the paddy wagon is that even still a thing or is that just like in cartoons I'm sure it's still a thing I haven't been arrested in a while, so I can't tell you. <laughs> you haven't been able to catch me. <laughs> Darkwing's holding up one of the rubber duckies, and he says, Now I just have to figure out what to do with all these rubber ducks. And someone says, Oh, rubber duckies. And do you know who it is, Kitty? It's Nem, who then scoops them all up and sends them to me. 
an actual thing that happened, dear listeners. I have about 200 rubber ducks in my closet because Nem is an evil person who I love dearly. <laughs> but it has to be Herb Metalfoot because I don't know anybody else who you would prompt so joyfully. Yep, it is hey! Herb! Yes, the continuing adventures of Herb Metalfoot. Yes, he walks in and he's very excited about these ducks Darkwing says, you would be an aficionado, Herb. And then Herb pulls up his phone with a picture of him in a bathtub, I assume naked, covered in rubber duckies. And he says, I'm actually the president of St. Canard's Bubble Bath Appreciation Society. And Darkwing is so disgusted by this image, he closes his eyes and he says, keep the rubber ducks, Herb. Keep anything you want. Just never show me that photo again. <laughs> Muddlefoot to the rescue. I appreciate that Herb appreciates, apparently, bubble baths. Herb is a man of, of refined taste. He is. So he, Herb is just standing there holding a rubber ducky in his hand. And Darkwing's looking around and says, I have one last daring and brave thing to do. And actually, oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm looking at this panel and I'm only noticing this now, but... There's a shady figure in the background wearing, it looks like maybe somebody wearing a hat and a trench coat. Negaduck. It could be Negaduck, or I'm thinking it kind of reminds me of Liquidator. See, it's a segue. Next episode. Oh, that's true. Comic creators knew we were going to talk about Dryheart next week. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Hey! Yeah, I literally only just Sorry. noticed that as I was reading it to you. I didn't notice that previously because it's it's very subtle. It's in the background by the police van. So, yeah, somebody's a-watching. It's the rival Rubber Ducky Appreciation Society. <laughs> just seconds behind Herb. His arch nemesis. Other than the Quackerware guy. So we uh, switch back to the Mallard household on Avian Way and Darkwing's hanging up his costume and he says, I, Darkwing Duck, am hanging up my cloak. <laughs> and Launchpad and Goslin are staring at him and Launchpad says, uh, we see that, DW. <laughs> and Drake says, no, I mean for good. While I may be far too young and handsome to retire, I need to step away and face my ultimate responsibility, fatherhood. And Goslin, of course, isn't having any of this. She says, what? Because of today? I know I forgot to call when we got home, but I've been in way more dangerous situations than that lots of times. And Drake says, yeah, that's the problem. As long as I'm Darkwing Duck, you'll be in danger. Criminal masterminds cannot resist going up against the world's greatest superhero, me. And Goslin says, well, I am not okay with this. What are we going to do for fun? And Darkwing whips out what appears to be a puzzle with his face on it, or like a Darkwing Duck puzzle. And he says, we can finally put together all these puzzles with my handsome bill on them. And Goslin says, this is worse than I thought. <laughs> also from the clearance section of... I am, in fact, betting on it. So <laughs> they're putting the puzzle together. And Drake says, I can make life as Drake Mallard just as exciting without my alter ego. I might even get a job. And Goslin says, how have you been supporting us all these years? It's not the inventions, obviously. 
and Drake gets kind of cagey and says, uh, hey, they work. I mean, the liability waivers make them impossible to sell, but there's, uh, and Launchpad looks at Drake and says, you may as well tell her. And Drake walks towards a wardrobe slash closet in the corner. And he says, way back in the 1990s, I invested wisely in... And he opens up the closet door and Beanie Babies tumble out all over, huh. just a wave of them. And he says, quacky babies. And Goslin is so disgusted. She says, <laughs> my life is being funded by stuffed animals. And Launchpad says, you betcha. And you know what? I will take that over any headcanon that Drake, For sure. Drake just invested in Beanie Babies in the 90s. And that's how he's been carrying their whole family. Oh my gosh. We also see a flashback where Drake says, there were a few other ventures, but they didn't go as well. And then we see Launchpad and Drake in salesman costumes, and they're at Mayor Allison's house, and they're holding up a thing of doorknobs. And Launchpad says, door-to-door doorknobs at your service. And Mayor Allison says, but I already have one. And clearly they didn't sell any. Launchpad says, I still think that was a good idea. Oh, Launchpad. He would. So Drake is holding up a puzzle piece in his hand, and he says, well, all of that is behind us now. It's just suburban family bliss from here on out. And Launchpad gets really depressed and says, well, I guess I'll, I'll, guess I'll get going then. And Drake is, re- Drake is really confused. He's like, well, Launchpad, what's wrong? And Launchpad heads to the door and he says if you're not going to be a superhero anymore then i guess i'm gonna have to find somewhere else to sidekick and he opens the door and slams it shut with the sound effect launch slam drake and goslin shrug and look at each other and goslin says what now dad and drake says now i guess on to a new adventure and then it says did they just let him leave yes that's cold. <laughs> I did find that kind well, of funny. <laughs> it's like, well, oh well, later. I assume that was a, a time crunch because there's like 22 pages, I think, per issue that they have to work with, and so it was kind of like the last issue where the ending is a bit abrupt. Mm-hmm. But it did kind of make me laugh that Launchpad just dramatically walks out the door, and they're both just kind of like, anyways. I like to think that he walked three steps. And then forgot where he was going and then just comes back. He's just like, oh, right, I live here. <laughs> yeah, because he does. It's like, you, you live here. You don't have to leave. So I feel like he just probably walked out the door and realized that and came back like three minutes later. Launchpad walks through the city looking at all the, the things stapled to telephone poles. Like, pull the phone number off if you want drum lessons. It's all just like he's just looking for sidekick gigs. So that is obviously going to be something that comes back to whatever, whoever he's sidekicking for, which I will always, in my heart of hearts, hope that it is Gizmodo. That would actually be really funny. And then, you know, Drake can be truly pissed about it. I will say, I think this is very on brand for Drake. I can think of, off the top of my head, at least three or four episodes where he quits crime fighting forever. He is, if Drake Mallard was in a fandom, he would be that person who every other week dramatically announces that they're leaving the fandom forever for whatever reason, and then they just come back. Slowly creep back in. Yeah, they creep back in like three days later. 
that's that's Drake essentially because I was I was thinking about all the different episodes where that happens and oddly enough they tend to be Quackerjack related episodes. There's Days of Blunder where Quackerjack sets up Darkwing to fail because he sits on a rubber chicken for like 12 hours and it humiliates him. He dresses up as a therapist and convinces Drake to switch places with some other guy to work at the Lace and Doily Society as a teapot. Do you remember that episode? <laughs> no. You don't remember it at all? Oh. <laughs> it's great. Oh, teapot. Yeah, he serves tea. (laughs) He gives up crime fighting and he serves tea. Definitely, like, dresses up as a therapist several times. Yes. There's the other one that I remember that's stressed to kill, where he and Megavolt are pretending to be therapists. Yes. So, yeah, that was one episode where he quits crime fighting forever to pour tea. And then there's the episode where he goes blind called duck blind and Mm -hmm. he uh he quits for you know that that episode as well because he can't see anymore toys r us or toys r us with quacker jack when he decides to become a full-time parent and that's how goslin ends up in a school play as the cookie crumb fairy oh right Mm -hmm. yeah because he decides that he needs to focus more of his time being a father and not a crime fighter so i feel like this is on brand for him this is just Mm -hmm. Another one of his, I'm leaving the crime-fighting fandom forever. (laughs) (laughs) But this time, Launchpad leaves shortly thereafter. Yeah, and I'm actually intrigued because we do know from the previews for issue three that Morgana shows up in the next one. And they talk about how he's going to try and rope Morgana into this whole suburban life thing and i really am looking forward to how that plays out and did you see any of the covers for issue three i saw the one where it was like the the portrait of him morgana and goslin on the wall and there's like vines and stuff everywhere so it alludes to bushroot oh my god i just had a realization (gasps) okay so one of the covers for the next issue that they released is moloculo macabre Oh. Yeah, he's sitting in his armchair, but Launchpad was standing next to him, and we were all like, why is Launchpad there? I think we know now. Launchpad is like, I don't have anybody to work for. Do you think maybe he's working for Moloculo Macabre? I think that would be a very weird decision, because Launchpad is terrified of those people. I, I, I don't know. He's just chilling, like right yeah. next to Moloculo Macabre, and we were like, that's kind of an odd choice. But if Launchpad needs a job, I guess that's... He's, he's going to Igor for uh, Moloculo real quick. Yeah. Although, honestly, any excuse to see the Macabre family again is fine by me. So I'm right there with you, friend. Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to that. I just made that connection now because... Uh, you connected the dots! I, I sure did. So I think, I suspect that's where we're heading. And if that's so, I think that'll be interesting. I want to see what happens there. And uh, of course, Morgana is coming. She's a coming, the queen. She's on her way and we are ready to receive her. We are not worthy. You're not. But that is where it ends for today. The next issue is supposed to drop March 15th, 2023, which is sooner than 
this issue. This issue dropped yesterday as of us recording, which would have been February 22nd. I guess what, three-ish weeks away? We've got the next issue coming, so yeah. Okay, cool. Gonna show me some pictures, man. Yes, yes, of course. I can't tell you that Herb appeared in this and then not show you pictures of him. More of Herb <laughs> than usual appeared in this issue. There you go. Oh, oh, and there's Winnie the Pooh. Or the big old bear boy. Big old bear boy. Big old bear boy. Oh, and there he is, my sweet baby angel. Beautiful man. Do you see the shady person in the background? The silhouette? Uh, is it the last panel? Yes. Oh, yeah. I do. It's a very small picture of Herb in his bathtub filled with duckies. Oh, he's only got one duck. He's sitting in the mole bath. Oh, Herb. What an angel. Yeah, a shadowy figure back there. It is not a very recognizable silhouette either. Interesting. The silhouette could be pretty much anyone. I just thought maybe Liquidator because he wore like a, a trench coat and stuff in the past, but it's anyone's guess, really. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We will have to see what happens next. Got any thoughts so far? I don't know. Seems fun. Uh, what you have shown me of the art in this one looks nice. I like Quacker Jack. I like that his uh, little jester cap tails are flopping around all over the place. Very expressive gent. So he seems to be doing a good job with that. Oh, look at all those little evil dark wings in there. Yeah. No, I'm no notes. There's been a muddle foot in every single issue, so thank you. <laughs> Perfection. How do you feel about them so far, since you're the one that's actually reading and, and buying and paying for them? I think the dialogue in this one is stronger, especially for Darkwing. I could hear Jim Cummings really strongly in a lot of his lines, the way, especially when he talks to Goslin. You know, just the, the stuff about the landline and... I think that's all pretty good, and I thought there was a lot of cute, like, I thought the whole little shtick with Darkwing being like, it's just you and me now, and then it carries on, like, no, I guess it's just you and me and, like, a million toys. And me! Mr. Banana Bro. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cute and funny, like, that got a laugh out of me, and it felt very Darkwing. So mm -hmm. I really liked that. I thought it was pretty funny. I actually like how simplistic because they feel more standalone, even though I get the impression that they're all going to somehow be connected in hindsight. Uh -huh. But I like that. If, like, I don't think it needs to be complicated or complex, especially because the writer knows that she's been brought on for six issues. And if I were in that position and I didn't know if I was getting more than six issues, I'm not going to set up a really complex story because then... Right. You, You'd have to start it off and either make it already complicated and then explain all that stuff. Or you'd have to suddenly, I don't know, at some point just make it really complicated. And then you'd have to explain all that stuff by the end, right? And wrap it all up. So I think it's actually a good idea that it's more beginning, middle, and end. The villain shows up. Darkwing has a standoff with them. And then the villain gets taken away. And I can't help but wonder if this is all done purposefully. Like, maybe it's going to turn out like all the villains were sent. There was some kind of plan here and they all lost on purpose or something like that. I'm curious now if that shadowy figure is in the Megavolt one. I just didn't notice him. That's a good point. I'm going to have to go back and check because mm -hmm. I will do that. I'll go back and check at some point, maybe when we discuss issue three, 
I will let you guys know. And if you're out there and you've read issue one and you know what we're talking about or you've found the shadowy figure in issue two, let us know if you noticed a shadowy figure in issue one as well. Yes. The shadowy figure is in the panel right after Herb is showing the picture of himself in the bathtub to Drake. Yes, it's the right kind of behind the police truck that's off in the far right of the panel. It's all coming together. So yeah, like I think I think it's good. Like I I don't think it needs to be like super what's the word? Like super climatic and like all this stuff has to happen and whatnot. I like it for what it is, so yeah. yeah they're kind of they're just kind of like standalone show episodes. Yeah, and I think it's very it's beginner friendly. It's like a good place to jump in and get used to the world of Darkwing without having to learn too much. I like that Herb just keeps showing up. I feel like it's almost like a gag where he's just going to find a way to be in every single issue, and I think that's That great. is amazing. <laughs> I did not expect my my dreams to come true, and yet here we are. He has to be in the next one if Morgana's living at the house. I hope so. I really do hope so. Oh man, but what if they go to Macabre Manor? Wherever what like is it a castle? Where do the where do the macabres live in Uh they live in that castle in Transylvania. Just always want more macabres all the time, pretty much, is the slogan of Sleepless in Saint Canard. It's funny because this comic is pretty simplistic, but it's checking off a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have expected but have really wanted to see, which is more Morgana, more of her family, and I'd say for you, more Herb Muddlefoot. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because those are like kind of niche things to want. <laughs> <laughs> Says you, everyone loves these same exact things as us. <laughs> Maybe we're psychically connected to the writer and we've secretly been sending her messages in her sleep. She wakes up in a cold sweat being like, I have to put Herb in this. <laughs> <laughs> Make macabres. So, there we go. Issue two. In the bag. In the uh, bath. In the bath, if you will. Ho, ho, ho. So, <laughs> I guess until then, uh, we're going to launch slam this episode shut. And then we will be talking next week about Dry Hard, which is my pick for the quote-unquote origin thing we're doing right now. And we will, at some point, repopulate that wheel. Mm-hmm. But until then, remember that if if Launchpad ain't sidekicking, he's out the door, and that crime doesn't sleep, and neither do rubber duckies. 